Hi, everyone. Welcome to Behind the Screen, The Harms of Cyberbullying. I'm your host, Devin Moore. I'm a Humanity Rising Ambassador, founder of Race to Speak Up, an anti-bullying organization, and designer of the hashtag Behind the Screen anti-cyberbullying curriculum. And I am uh, Dr. Sandeep Randhawa. I am a forensic child and adolescent psychiatrist that will be the co-host and be joining Devin tonight on talking about cyberbullying, the effects, and giving a mental health perspective. Yeah, and as the host of Behind the Screen, Sandeep and I will, like he said, we'll talk about what cyberbullying is, we'll talk about cyberbullying prevention, how to be upstanders in mental health, and we encourage all of you to type in the chat and answer the polls. I'm glad to have Dr. Sandeep with us. His expertise will definitely help us understand the harms of cyberbullying. And as an advocate for anti-bullying, I understand that there's a need for something effective to be put in place that helps the youth so that they won't have to go through this issue of cyberbullying. And before we get into the definition, the statistics and effects, let me tell you the story behind, behind the screen. Cyberbullying has directly affected me and it motivated me to creating the Race to Speak Up movement. When I was 14 years old, during my eighth grade school year, three of my former middle school classmates decided to take my face and they photoshopped it with a gun to my head. They put my face on top of a gorilla suit and they put my face going into the trash. This was, it was racism, it's traumatizing, it's offensive. This was something I knew could not be ignored and that's why I found it race to speak up. I didn't want what happened to me to happen to someone else. And Sundeep understands that drive to help others. Sundeep, why don't you tell us your story? Sure. So I went into the medical route, became a psychiatrist, being able to realize that, you know, words matter. You can do a lot with them and connect on different levels. Being a doctor gave me the extra uh, assist in, 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 but, you know, when it comes to bullying, uh, have similar stories where, you know, right after 9-11 happened, went from an average kid to all of a sudden terrorists couldn't go, you know, on flights and just being called names and assumed uh, that I was such a horrible person. So, you know, bullying and cyberbullying is really uh, near and dear just because I can relate with Devin and uh, the em empathy side. So really excited to be here and uh, be able to do and help as a doctor, but also more importantly, be able to be on uh, something like this. Yeah, Dr. Sandeep and I both agree that hashtag behind the screen is the perfect guide to help people understand how much cyberbullying can impact others. And also, hashtag behind the screen teaches students, parents, and teachers about this important issue. What is cyberbullying? Cyberbullying is unwanted and aggressive behavior targeted at someone um, using digital devices. It's repeated instances. It's not just the one-time thing. It can be sharing harmful and negative content or personal information about someone. And it can be through social media. You see so many people are on Instagram now. They're on TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter. Social media shouldn't be used to spread hate. And it can be through text and direct messages. Everyone, if you're comfortable, why don't you please answer this poll? The question is, have you gone through cyberbullying? Sandeep, can you share one or two cyberbullying stories that um, you have told you through your line of work? Uh, sure. So. And when I work in the inpatient unit, this is where uh, the effects of bullying, which we're going to continue to talk about, uh, get so intense that youth can't handle 
bullet. So, you know, once upon a time, bullying was you could walk off the schoolyard and you weren't going to get bullied till the next day. But now, you know, people can be found on any of these social platforms. Uh, so I've seen you know, kids that couldn't, well, one specifically that wasn't able to handle it because similar to what Devin just mentioned, photos, uh, there was a female, young, 14, that was uh, photoshopped in a compromising position, left on a Friday, it was put on Facebook, and then there was subgroups on Facebook on rate her position doing all these acts that she didn't obviously do. Uh, and then come Monday, well, by Monday, she already found out, but she was on all of these uh, websites and it made such a ripple effect, she couldn't handle it, uh, you know, became extremely depressed quickly and then suicidal because it was the first time she had gone into uh, or experienced something like that. But it was so devastating and uh, unimaginable that, uh, you know, she didn't think there was any other option than to take her own life because she couldn't, you know, talk to her, her family. It was such a devastating thing to talk about in the first place. But that and things very similar, uh, I see, you know, literally day to day. And sometimes right when you think you haven't heard anything that could get more intense or different, a new story will come and you'll just, uh, you know, just make me, uh, realize that one, being able to help is one thing, but the things that everyone is going through with cyberbullying and the easy access to being able to cyberbully is just, you know, on another level. Um, so it happens, uh, but yeah, that's just, you know, at the extreme where this has happened. And unfortunately, I have colleagues that are also child psychiatrists that have lost youth to the effects of cyberbullying because of suicide being the ultimate or happening so uh, you know, repeatedly that school didn't listen, others didn't listen, nowhere to go, and they just figured why not. But uh, all the more reason it's such a uh, important topic. But yeah, to say at least that's uh, the things I see on a daily basis. Wow, Sunday, no, that's really scary. I mean, it breaks my heart to hear that. In fact, I'm sorry, I see someone, I see Alexander. Um, put in the chat, I was bullied by my ex-best friend and she constantly demeaned me and threatened to kill me. It's so easy to hide behind the screen. Alexander, I'm truly sorry to hear about that. And it really is. I mean, I know when it comes to literally hiding behind the screen, it just, being behind a computer screen almost gives you this false sense of security. It makes you feel so like powerful. It makes the bully, excuse me, feel so powerful being behind this like shield, but it's not at all right. It's terrifying and it truly, as Sundeep and I know, leads to so many devastating um, issues. And unfortunately, it, it's been on the rise, especially since the start of the pandemic. Tremendously. Yeah, why don't we um, look at some of the statistics? Okay. Cyberbullying has increased over 70% since the start of the pandemic. You see, because so many people are on their phones more and more, um, there has been such a drastic increase in this issue, but we're going in the wrong direction. 50% of the, excuse me, 50% of the youth won't even report these situations. It's happening more and more and more. And seven out of 10 young people experience cyberbullying before the age of 18. Guys, can you believe how high these numbers are? And Dr. Sandeep, out of all your years as working as a child and an adolescent psychiatrist, could you ever imagine these numbers being so high? Not at all. And COVID 
definitely did not help with it. So yeah, it's just on another level. Yeah. And why don't we take a look at the effects? There's way too many effects, but I highlighted a few to give you guys um, a real understanding of what it can lead to. Now, cyberbullying can lead to anxiety. That's the feeling of fear or uneasiness. I know when I was going through my bullying experiences, I went through so much anxiety. I can relate to lower self-esteem, how we value or see each other. And unfortunately, I went through a little bit of depression. Depression is the feeling of sadness or loss of interest. Um, cyberbullying can lead to headaches. It can lead to stomach aches. You may not even want to eat and it can affect your relationship with friends and family. Sunday, what effects have you gone through? Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Guys, why don't all of you answer um, this next poll? What effects have you gone through? Or I mean, what have you seen others go through when dealing with cyberbullying? And Dr. Sandeep, could you share what effects you've seen the youth go through? Uh, definitely. So I think they all, all of them combined is the combination that I'll see in the inpatient unit. Uh, and like I was alluded to earlier, when you, your self-esteem starts to get lowered, you can start to fear the fact that you have to go to school and uh, all of that can definitely overwhelm. Uh, and I think one key thing that I see with youth that come in is they will only come in when all of those have combined to the point where now they're so depressed they can't you know function or go to school uh so one key thing that you know Devin and i were talking want to make sure and highlight is if you start to see any one of these effects start to build either in yourself your friend uh you know say something or try to offer some type of proactive help on on, on just giving any type of guidance or just you know, trying to help them speak up, uh, which, you know, we're going to continue to talk about because it can be so hard to uh, talk about things or just say I'm getting bullied or to even acknowledge it. Uh, so if you start to see those effects, I think they're key to really understand and to, you know, be able to uh, acknowledge. But yeah, all of them will see on any given day. But anxiety is one of those things which can impact everything so much. Uh, the anxiety that you'd experience, Devin, how would that get you every day? Was it slow to build up or was it? That's a good question. I remember um, like while I was in the heat of it, it, um, it kind of would like, as soon as I would enter the school building or as soon as I would just like go online, which of course I stopped going online for a while. It just like, it was this moment of like, um, what's it called? Like I started feeling like I was literally heating up and then um, oh, and then also paranoia came along with it. So like I would start to feel like someone was following me, um, which was another whole thing because like I couldn't even go into stores without thinking someone was coming after me. I couldn't even go into all these different types of places. I started seeing my peers differently too, which is a whole like me starting to see my peers in a bad light just because of what these three boys did. They were showing me racism at a young age, I mean, I was 14 at the time. I was 14. So I would say like I was experiencing a lot of racism at an early age or a lot of bullying at a very early age. But the thing is also another like question I can um, come up with out of just like that last thing that I just said is how young can you be bullied? And I think that bullying can happen at any age. And like you said, Sandeep, um, I know this is kind of going on as like a longer answer to what you just said, but like I think that kind of just opens up this um, 
like conversation of um, upstanders. Like we need to be upstanders. Um, an upstander is someone who intervenes or like is acting in support of the victim. They help the victim when it comes to their bullying experiences. And Sandeep, I really think the world needs more um, upstanders. And so how do you think we can be upstanders? So, you know, going back to the effects, uh, to be an upstander, I think uh, Peyton, for instance, just mentioned that while uh, you're getting bullied, social anxiety would make you know, laughter happen or humor happen. So one thing to really understand out of all the effects is anxiety is the most intense and has the most amount of faces. I describe it as a chameleon in uh, regards to our, our feelings and symptoms, just because it can make us do funny things when we're that uncomfortable. You know, so uh, for instance, if you're, if you're laughing it off, the next person might not be able to see that as bothering you or affecting you. Uh, so, you know, being really aware of it can be uh, good, but I think the more aware that you are, the more it allows us to be upstanders and to say, be like, hey, are you okay? Maybe check in way after the fact or maybe after an episode or an experience just to see how they're actually doing and then look for subtle uh, things of avoidance or are they uh, you know, not eating or you know, taking it out in different ways. Uh, but just, you know, it, it obviously can make a huge impact by being an upstander and uh, hopefully you know, the more we speak of this, the more we can, uh, you know, engage and people can tell us more about ways that they were up standards, maybe Devin, and um, both the process, experience that or throw it on, you know, race to this and you know, make it into a hashtag of its own, which I'm sure you creativeness will get to. But nonetheless, up standards are the key to slowly changing the, uh, the ratios of bullying and the stats that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, and of course, we'll definitely get into like how, like when it comes to my race to speak up movement, but I want to ask you, because I know like it, like as we are talking about it, leads to all these different effects, as far as like your relationships with families, just when it comes to bullying in general, how does it really affect, you know, the, the victim as a, like when it comes to their loved ones, like will they isolate themselves? Will they just go into the state of depression and not want to talk to anyone. Not that I'm saying they're doing it purposely, but just not talk to anyone or how exactly does that work as far as like relationships with loved ones? Sure. So uh, more often than not, well, to answer the, the spectrum question, the answer would be that literally any reaction may occur, right? You just don't know how your frustration is going to get the best of you. But the majority of the time for, let's say, older adolescents, uh, I would say like 11, 12 or above sometimes, uh, school ends up being that place where you have no control, but you're all, you know, either anxious or uh, avoiding or scared, etc. And so all that built up energy and the things you couldn't say or the things you wish you could have done to the bully, uh, that energy gets built up and usually comes home and either will be contained, but then the second somebody irritates you or frustrates you, you might just project all that anger onto them or instead bring it inside and just uh, be very, like, uh, you know, secretive about that anger, et cetera. And those, uh, that, that, that frustration energy is what typically will be seen to either again, become isolated or projected. Uh, and usually the family members will be like, wait, why, why are you getting so mad over the smallest thing? So like quickly frustrated, quickly irritated. Um, and that can usually be the dynamics, which then slowly will, you know, make it so everyone's walking on eggshells or, uh, you know, just, Think you're going through a phase or something but 
that's usually the the majority reaction that I'll see when youth tell me or you know my clients tell me about their initial effects or when the families tell me about what they've been seeing. It's interesting that you bring that up because I can definitely relate to like the anger part. I mean, I was never really snapping or at anyone or like, I felt like I was containing it, which I knew I really needed to get that out somewhere. So I started going to therapy, um, which is something I think a lot of, not only the victim in order to help the victim work through what the bully is putting them through, the trauma, but I think the bully needs to go through therapy because why are you, you know, why are you acting this way towards someone or why are you targeting them? Uh, why are you targeting your victim or why are you bullying someone for this reason? Why are you bullying them in general? I think that a huge aspect when it comes to that or just a huge part of it is um, like home environment. Why, what's going on at home, you know? We really need to, I think a big part is diving into the actual bully's life. Would you agree? Because I really do think that it's just a matter of like, oh, one of the matters is seeing what's going on at home, which is where therapy comes along. Sure. So one of, yeah, one of the core, I mean, if you think about it, the simplest form, this person, this character that enters your life is uh, intentionally trying to hurt you in some way, right? So if they're intentionally trying to do that, they don't know better because they're intentionally doing it. So they believe that whatever they're doing is right. Uh, so they, that's why they continue to do it. But I agree, getting to know them, the family, if they get in trouble is key because uh, surprisingly enough, sometimes you expect that the family is probably all chaotic, et cetera, but there'll be a perfectly intact family. This is just an outlier or someone that uh, maybe doesn't get enough attention at home. Um, others, you know, sometimes will be from very chaotic homes where uh, parents parent inconsistently, no rules or just spoiled the whole gamut of things where basically no rules need to be followed and that's usually the underpinnings of doing this and sometimes again with cyberbullying because it's behind the screens it's so easy to do it uh you anybody will comment more than they typically probably would in person uh so it's it's yeah i, I think it's really a key thing but it also does bring in a lot of light when the parents don't know how bad the kid is and there's a disconnect where there's like this hidden evil, uh, but you know sometimes, uh, and I see, you know, you you don't you never know who's going to become vulnerable, and whoever's somebody's going to take uh, initiative over someone and try to put them down over and over again. Uh, but yeah, families, families, I think are definitely key to figure it out because then if you get them on board the earlier, the more maybe they can help uh, change, and you know make a difference in the bully so the bully corrects but more often than not the bully themselves will because they don't know right now that they are doing such bad things they think it's cool or whatever they tend to find out later on in life whether it's 10 years 15 20 i had you know an older client in training who was 67 and feeling so guilty for years of bullying that uh, he had done on his younger sibling and his siblings friends like 50 years later but this guilt that was just driving him like nuts on how bad he was, how mean he was, et cetera, et cetera. And just wishing he wouldn't have. Um, so it, it, I think it, it will eventually come back around uh, despite you know, the fact that we don't see it. Again, cyberbullying is a bit more difficult just because you don't have that palpable feeling in person. Uh, but uh, I think collectively, yeah, the more you're able to talk to the family engage, the more you're able to then maybe navigate the bully itself. That's interesting. 
I um, actually want to bring up someone else in the chat who just gave their um, bullying experience. And for everyone, you know, openly saying their bullying experience, I want to thank you all. Again, this is a very safe space. And so Daniela said, I was bullied tremendously this year. People called me obese and tried to insult me by calling me trans, which I'm not, and sent me pictures of anorexic people and told me to be like them. My anxiety, depression got much, much worse. Daniela, I am so sorry to hear that. I, and that's also, I'm sorry, like going again back to what Sandeep said, because like that brings up this, what I um, also started thinking about uh, what you just said is like, there's times where the bully may not even know that they're bullying, which is very interesting. And that's why we really need to teach them at young ages. That's why we need to have this hashtag behind the screen guide in order for others to understand that this is a real issue and like how to identify it. It's all in the curriculum, how to identify it, its impacts, those statistics, effects, what exactly it is. It's all in this curriculum as well as activities to really start up this conversation like by Daniela, by Peyton, um, Ellie, giving their bullying experiences, which again, I want to say thank you for being so open. It allows for you and your chapter, you and your club, you and your group to really, or you and your hashtag behind the screen chapter to really understand each other. I think a lot of people need to understand what others are going through. I mean, that's the main thing of what we're saying as well. When I started my Race to Speak Up movement, um, I'll give you a little bit more information as far as like what the actual name of it means. So race to speak up, it has two meanings. And one is that we need to hurry up and we need to speak up. I always encourage, we always encourage others to speak up about their bullying experiences and let them know that we are here for them. And then the other meaning is that we are all a part of one race, which is the human race. We shouldn't be coming at anyone for any reason, whether it be size, whether it be race, like in my situation, whether it be sexuality, religion, um, we shouldn't be coming at anyone for these different religions. I mean, excuse me, for these different reasons. Um, I also see Mr. Scannell or Dan Scannell, my history teacher, <laughs> said, love the upstander um, concept, especially because of the challenge of underreporting that you highlighted earlier. Yeah. It really is underreported. It's happening more than we even know. Um, Kenneth said, I got bullied by two of my classmates back in eighth grade. And one of them took it to Instagram by calling me gay and laughing about it. I also got bullied back in Spain, mostly because of my race. And it was hard to deal with for me because back then I didn't know what to do. Sandeep, how would you respond to that? So that's exactly, or not exactly, but that's similar to uh, something I experienced with 9-11, where overnight I you know, went from a regular kid to always brown and then terrorist, uh, et cetera. And it bothered me uh, to the point where, um, you know, again, you would avoid going to school. Uh, luckily, I had a pretty multiracial collective group of friends, so they would kind of say things on my behalf at school from time to time. But remember that year, you know, getting strip search and regular search, whatever, trying to go to, to the airlines everywhere. I'd always, always be that lucky, uh, ran, sorry, that random uh, that had to be selected. Uh, and initially, uh, you know, it would bother me. I would avoid it. I, uh, you know, obviously everyone would tease, et cetera. 
uh, it's all because I, I'm brown and that I'm a terrorist and et cetera. They would tease it into it, but then like I was saying earlier, that anxiety would make me laugh about it or giggle about it. Uh, but eventually what I think ended up, uh, well, my father ended up kind of gauging that something was going on and it was obviously national, uh, but the confidence was what was needed because what ended up happening is I used the, I, I took, uh, so I got advice from my dad kind of saying, you know, if they're saying this to you uh, and you're not a terrorist, right? I'm like, no, he's like, well, then why does it bother you? I can't just be like, well, I'm not a terrorist. If they think you're a terrorist, then so what? And then after he'd send that to me, I'm like, but why do they keep thinking? And they're like, you're never going to be able to answer the why, right? That's just, and, and behind the scenes, it's or sorry, behind the scenes, scenes and screens, you're never going to be able to answer the why. All right. So if you don't, if you leave out the why, just think of what you're going to do about it. I'm like, okay, cool. So made that my own. And then eventually uh, started doing the paradox of what um, they would want me to do. So basically started thinking of bullies as characters, like villains out of a movie, and then how I would deal with them. And then almost uh, acting out scenarios, but also not giving the bully any ammo. Uh, so basically what I'm getting at is if they would call me a terrorist or uh, gay or you know, try to post anything, I, instead of giving them what they wanted, which was some type of reaction, uh, I would embrace it and not let it bother me and just accept whatever they're saying. Because everyone in all of those collectives are cool, right? If you're trans, gay, uh, you know, terrorist, whatever. I mean, of course, terrorists are not cool. That's not what I'm getting at. But you know, the the fundamental, the, the the characteristics of what they would try to get at me, I would just embrace. And all of a sudden, they started going the opposite. So they'd be like, oh, you know, uh, you know, again, similar. Uh, there's a terrorist or do something, whatever. And <laughs> as mean as it sounds, I'd be like, you know, uh, I really, really like that you you always remember that I'm a terrorist. It's almost like you don't even come here for school. You just come here to let me know that. And I really like that. And he was like, uh, and took it however you want it, but how many times do you think he did it after that? Zero. Um, it was weird because I, that was the beginning of like just starting to embrace it. So, you know, it's not easy to get there, but the sooner you confidently just accept uh, that this person's not going to change and take out that why factor, it can help you navigate at least to some degree. Again, that's just a half of a, or some something to keep in mind. Uh, but I think the other, the, the if it's in a group thing, I think we're gonna get to it, but part of that paradox is also exaggerating an effect. So if they say and have all this time to Instagram or post, et cetera, the other way to embrace it would be like, thank you so much for thinking about me. I didn't know you have that much time in your hands. Um, let me know what you're gonna post tomorrow. Beat them to the punch. Right, and and they can desensitize or take the the oomph away from this uh, this person trying to get under your skin. Uh, and again, you it's not it won't take the effects that we talked about away, but it's one step towards neutralizing without giving the person ammo. Because uh, if you say thanks for saying what you're saying or thanks for spending all this time on me and posting, what are they going to maybe tell you? at the most, right? Be like, oh, well, damn right, thanks. No, <laughs> nobody says that, right? Especially on cyber, all right? Because it's there forever. Be like, oh, did you thank him for, you know, you bullying him? Be like, what? <laughs> no, that's not cool. So it's it's an added measure to take. But again, uh, I think that's just one route to long-winded way of 
they're describing different ways. Uh, but if you can think of it conceptually, it's a little bit easier. And if you can take it one step at further and neutralize, again, neutralize the key not to give them ammo um, while you, you know, say what you need to say to get that paradox. That's a very um, like interesting way to come at it because especially like with what you're saying, that's like taking their power. And I can completely actually really relate to that because I did go through this other experience where this person just kept coming at me and like um, calling me other different slurs. And um, like, I just, it was my more so my reaction to that saying like, stop. Whereas like once I ignored them, ignore them, that was when they got mad. And that's when I realized I was like reclaiming that power. I think it's interesting. I'm saying interesting a lot, but I think it's definitely a unique way to do it when you can realize that you do have the power, which we all uh, do have the power to, um, you know, we all have our power and we just really need to realize it. We have the power to speak up. We have the power to be upstanders and, um, let others know, again, comment, going back to this, that we are here for them and we support them. In fact, I see someone put something in the chat. Sometimes it's hard to tell how these issues arise. Uh, oh yeah, that is true. At times there may not, um, you may not know how these like cyberbullying issues arise. I think that also may be a matter of listening to the victim when it comes to bullying. Um, Sandeep, how would you respond to that? I, I mean, I it's it's just it is hard uh there's not really a right way i think just uh, making sure that you know it's something that could be happening lets you keep it on guard it's sort of like when we're walking across the street you're always cautious that a car might be coming right so if you know bullying's in the air and but it's also behind the scenes uh little things and really being cognizant of those effects that we're talking about earlier can give pick the help you pick up on it right so is somebody avoiding something somebody just not hanging out as much or avoiding school, avoiding you know certain hallways, uh, things like that, or not even, it could be more behavioral because it's you know behind the scenes, uh, lets you just ask that question. So uh, you won't know until you know. So it is, it is really hard. If it was easy, you know, we would be able to you know, reduce these stats and help much more proactively. Yeah, in fact, the um, cyberbullying statistics um, I'm pulling up now and I'm seeing like, how has cyberbullying affected you? Um, that question. So there was a very high percentage of everyone who did go through cyberbullying answering anxiety, like we did say. Um, and then I haven't gone through cyberbullying, but I've seen others and it's scary. Yeah, um, that's also one of the highest, which is very true. That is very... Um, terrifying it's something that a lot of it's something that no one should go through these effects cyberbullying is something that no one should go through let's um, move on to the next um thing unless uh Sandeep you would like to respond to that no just one but, thing um, going back to the the poll was you know we were just at talking about it could be hard to 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 see right so the ones that mess that messaged saying that they haven't experienced it but they their friends or someone they knew had and it was scary, you know, it'd be cool to hear some of those, you know, you know, obviously with no names or anything, but just if you could give share some of those ones that we could talk about them on what you saw was scary, when did you see it was scary, and then the friends or the people that you knew, after you saw that scariness, did you look back at, you know, their behaviors, was it sudden, was it gradual, did you notice something in hindsight, 
when thinking about how things have been, uh, you know, because again, things can get scary, but uh, all the more reason to, I think if you know that spectrum of what scary things can happen, and if anybody wants to share any of those scary things that their friends experience, uh, I think we were talking about. That was just one thing I was gonna bring up. If we, if those stories come up, we can maybe uh, talk about it a little bit, but uh, all the more reason that it can, you know, be really hard to detect uh, at the right time. Yeah, we're here to answer all of your guys' questions and offer any advice that we can, as well as the curriculum. We would love for you guys to please implement that into your schools and environment. At the end, I'll give you guys the agreement policy in order to for you guys to get the curriculum. Um, but I see someone else um, put something in the chat. When I was younger, my skin condition flared up on my face and suddenly even my old friend were bullying me. I started to stop um, engaging with them and the next year she apologized to me in private. Oh, that's actually pretty interesting. Sunday, do you have anything to say before I um, say something about that? Uh, I, it's great that she apologized. Uh, you know, in, in that she maybe she became a cognizant of it sooner. Uh, one thing to keep in mind with friends and best friends as you're making them and breaking them is uh, sometimes they're also learning how to do the, the engaging thing. And also if something is, uh, you know, visually different, like, you know, your, your skin condition flared up, they can there could be a fine line between teasing and bullying and sometimes it could be hard to gauge that when you're kind of learning the game of teasing especially if it was a friend uh, i see that sometimes on you know with a lot of uh my clients where their you know childhood friends or best friends didn't mean it as much but they you know went to the point of bullying or maybe engaged others in helping them bully or tease you but then it turned into bullying uh, so i think just being aware of that teasing bullying option is or the, the separation is key, uh, but really glad to hear that you did get the apology in private. So better late than never, but it's good that you got it within the year. And hopefully you, know, you were able to make amends with whoever that person was, your friend. But, yeah, actually, Sunday, you kind of said exactly what I was going to say, because I was just going to um like add on that. Um, there are times where the bully or the one who maybe didn't mean to go into bullying, but unfortunately it did lead to that, um, may come to you in private or they may say to just you like, oh, I'm sorry, like I didn't mean for this to happen, but yet may not tell others to stop or may not tell others that this didn't, we didn't mean to do this in, or like we didn't mean for this to lead to this. Um, oh, and then I also see that um, Debbie asked, Sunji, what type of bullying are you seeing the most? Sure. So I, now that schools are reopened and going back to it, uh, I'm still seeing cyberbullying the most. Uh, it's, again, the access. It's whoever, you, whoever has access can get access. And on any given day, your phone, you have millions of people you have access to. So cyberbullying is still the most, but uh, getting a chance to talk to families and then getting better supports in place has led to decreased use of some social media stuff, which is then decreasing uh, the cyberbullying part. And uh, something Devin and I may talk about at a future webinar is uh, surprisingly enough, because of COVID so far, that's what the research is showing, a year, year and a half of no in-person school, the bullies that were you know, physical bullies or had to see you in-person bullies and learn those ways to tease, or not tease, but you know, just intentionally harm you, hurt you repeatedly, uh, the, those that are going back down to school have kind of forgotten their ways 
And I've seen more and more of some patient or some patients or clients that have been in the hospital before uh, be less coordinated in their aggression. So they'll say like bad words in bad ways. And it's almost like, wait, are you trying to say talk shit to me? Or you just, do you not know how to talk shit? Or like, let me help you out. It's almost like they, aren't, they don't even know how to do the bullying act anymore. So I've seen a gradual change in that, but there's still more research ha happening on it. So it, it, that could be something positive from uh, the, you know, the, the no school for a year, but going back to a yeah, cyberbullying still is going to be number one, uh, just because of access. So son, our Dr. Sandeep, how can we tell who can be a bully? All right. So, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, one of the ways I try to strategize and, and do through therapy is if you think of a bully, think of just a neutral villain or, or who can be a villain, right? So any sex, right? So they're asexual. Uh, and then if you think of all the bullies or sorry, the villains in all the movies, Marvel, just Cinderella, like Disney, et cetera, and, and then some just bond even, they are coming from all different homes, right? So there's and homes and backgrounds. So their stereotype is zero. So they're, they're stereotypeless, right? So they're asexual, stereotypeless. Um, and then they're also coming from all types of socioeconomic statuses. Uh, so that's one home environment. Although they can vary more often than not, they, they're coming from a chaotic home environment. Uh, and the types of bullying they'll do or will either be, you know, out towards the world, uh, meaning they'll do it behind the scenes and screens, but also if they see you in person, so they'll be very, you know, overt with their aggression, or they'll be very covert as well. Uh, so, you know, either sex, stereotypeless, uh, home environment's chaotic, overt or covert aggression. Oh, oh, they'll lack positive social behavior, obviously, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't intentionally be doing this. And then like I was just mentioning, it's easy access to a victim. Uh, so therefore anyone with that easy access and the other components can become uh, a bully and stay a bully. Is there a way that maybe you could visually show us um, how to remember? Well, uh, sure. I think by making an acronym, uh, I could just chat. So what do we say? I'm just gonna throw this into the chat. So we had, uh, first was asexual. So we got A, uh, stereotypeless, right? So we got S, uh, we have socioeconomic was, you know, they could be coming from any or, so we got S, uh, home environment, keep in mind will be chaotic. So their home environment, you want to check. Uh, they are overtly or covertly aggressive, right? So we have O, and then uh, they lack all types of positive social behavior. So we got, you know, L and then Oh, lastly, they have easy access to, you know, obviously the victim. So, oh, there we go. What is that? Okay, sure. Um, basically, it can be anyone that could be an asshole. Easiest way to remember. Uh, but some of the components that you want to keep in mind, and luckily enough, that's the acronym that I think can assist when thinking of this uh, character that enters your life trying to intentionally hurt you. That's um, a very, I like that acronym because I think that's something that a lot of people can easily understand. I also know that teachers can also understand. I think that teachers um, need to understand like how to identify bullying, how to know who can be a bully, which again, that's a great acronym to remember when it comes to that. I think that, you know, teachers are also an aspect. Like, do these teachers know how to um, handle these bullying situations? Do they know if this is even a bully situation? 
do they know, like, do they know, do they know these things, which is also included in the hashtag behind the screen curriculum. This again is for everyone to get a real understanding of what bullying or excuse me, cyberbullying and bullying is. Um, so Sunday, why don't we now get into our now what segments, which um, also is a part of the hashtag behind the screen curriculum, because first it would be reenactments that you can go and discuss. Um, and also we have now what segments where you guys can just talk about like what happens next. Should we be upstanders? Should we like, what should we do? Again, you guys can also type in the chat, what, what would you do in this situation? Or how can you be an upstander? Um, the first one is about Sheila. Sheila is 13 and is dyslexic. Because of her dyslexia, Sheila has difficulty reading and doing math problems, problem spelling, and she frequently mispronounced words. Students at her school call her weird and stupid. Sheila has no friends. She eats lunch by herself every day in school and the entire time students are pointing and laughing. Sheila cries herself to sleep every night. She finds out that the students at her middle school created an Instagram page titled Dumbest Girl in School. It shows pictures of Sheila with captions reading, I can't even count to 10, too dumb for school, and too stupid for friends, oh, it's too stupid to be with friends with. So Sunday, now what? I mean, what could we as upstanders do in this situation? What could Sheila do? Um, now what? I, I, I think she's yeah, showing the effects that we were talking about. So if you see someone crying in the middle, even if you don't know this person, just, you know, be supportive and say, are you okay? Can I help? Or can I get you a tissue or even, you know, so I think that would be the, you know, just identifying again, the victim and identifying that something's going wrong, identify that, you know, there's a whole bunch of people laughing at this person. If they're not if the person that they're laughing at isn't doing a comedic routine or some type of improv or a skit, then they should not be laughing in a collective group like that. And on, on the opposite side, if she's crying and just jump in, you could you could single-handedly change the trajectory of that person's life. Like literally one time intervening, being that person. Uh, that you know, it's it's just it's just mind-boggling how many times I'll across the ages have that type of experience where like Devin was saying it bullying occurs anytime over our lifetime right the second you know that you can play with other kids by four three or four years old uh, bullying start can and start happening but that's where right and wrong needs to be inter intervene but uh, again just jumping in being that upstander and just just literally jumping in right go superhero mode but it's so subtle too so that, that small little thing can make an impact. But again, it's just identifying, identifying and then stepping in. And, you know, in worst case scenario, the person says, I'm okay. At least you tried, right? And knowing that you should be able to then jump in and create that upstander experience. Yeah. I see in the chat, Debbie said, all it takes is one person to change the person's life. I agree. Invite her to sit with you for lunch or ask if you can sit with her. I also agree. I think definitely inviting her to your friend group and inviting her um, to, you know, let her know that there are people who support her and, you know, you're here for her. In fact, that reminds me of a part of the hashtag behind the screen 
curriculum um, or this example reminds me of a part of the curriculum that talks about what you do when you receive hateful images or like see that post or those posts, which the first thing that you do is you screenshot and you save everything and then you speak up to someone you trust. So, you know, if Sheila feels comfortable and if she, you know, has enough confidence, if she has, you know, those who she knows support her, speak up to them and let them know that this is happening because it shouldn't be happening. Let others know and keep speaking up until you know for a fact your voice is heard and something is being done. Um, someone else in the chat said, share your own experience as well. It can make her feel in a safe space. Exactly. Sharing what you guys have gone through, it opens up this conversation of like, okay, let me tell you like what's going on. I really need to get this feeling out. I really need to let others know that I don't want to be going through this. Sheila shouldn't be going through what she's going through. Anyone else who's going through cyberbullying, bullying in general, shouldn't be going through bullying. And that's why we're here to help you. Um, Sandeep, do you have anything else to add on to that? I, I, <clears throat> I think all of those components are exactly what you want to do, you know, but just keeping in mind, it starts with, uh, again, identifying that person and getting them over and then warming up to all of those dialogues, whether it's in the lunchroom or elsewhere, I think being able to build that rapport, that connection, and then share that experience, uh, then lets that next person know that they're not the only one and, you know, build an arsenal of uh, allies. So uh, any, any, any and all of those, you know, inviting and then that camaraderie and uh, the connectedness is, is what's needed because at the end of the day, you know, there's no reason bullying should be around, but there is. Uh, so yeah, helping, hanging out, and sharing experiences are definitely a solid. Yeah, I agree. Um, and now it's time for Q and A. <laughs> um, this has been a great conversation, Sandeep, and of course, thank you for just being here. And now, and thank you all for everyone who's here. But um, now it's time for Q and A. So if you guys have any questions, please feel free to put it in the chat, and we're here to answer any and all questions. We're here to give you any advice that we can offer any of our knowledge. So, Sandeep, oh, already a question. Okay. <laughs> Devin, will you be letting participate? Oh, also guys, so um, something else that I am doing is the Race to Speak Up podcast, which is um, a podcast where I have conversations about bullying prevention. We talk about how to be upstanders and we talk about um, how these change makers are making a positive difference in the world. So I will also link that in the chat a little later on, or just type in the Race to Speak Up podcast on Spotify, Anchor, and YouTube, um, just so you can see other events that I'm doing um, and just really get another like way of how to understand what bullying is and how you can be a part of the positive change. I see um, a question in the chat, what's the difference between teasing and bullying? Um, so why don't I start off, because um, I do get this question a lot. Um, and then I'll let you go, Sandeep. Um, I remember, um, and actually, now I just have a story about it. I remember there was this one time I was in class. Um, so I'm in 12th grade now and I'm 17, but um, I was in class and there was this person who was sitting next to me. So they know what I do through Race to Speak Up. And they were like, um, isn't that just teasing when I was talking about my bullying experiences, which was kind of interesting to say. But um, so I explained the difference between teasing and bullying as teasing is a one-time thing. It's not repeated like bullying. Teasing is like, it's not meant to harm you. 
whereas bullying is. Bullying is meant to harm you and it's repeated. You're being targeted for, for like being, again, I can go back to this, being, being um, your race, sexuality, religion, um, gender, a bunch of these different things like your skin color, your height, your size, all of these different things. That's what bullying is. Teasing is a one-time thing. It's not repeated. It's more of like a joking thing that it's not meant to hurt you. Sandeep, do you have anything to add on to that? Uh, no, I think you nailed it uh, in, in your description. So you know, I always try to try to keep it very, very simple. So at its core, both bullying and teasing are intending to do something. Uh, with bullying, your intention, like Devin was also mentioning, is to harm, to hurt. Uh, and because of that, and if they know they get that thrill, because it becomes more repetitive. Uh, teasing is still to intend to provoke a reaction, but that is in the context of playfulness. It's joking, right? So that's why you know friends will sometimes do that, or close, you know, whoever your 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 circle is, will start off that way and and think of it as playful. But part of you know stopping it or maybe uh, dismissing it is by uh, well, one acknowledge the teasing, right? Be like, all right, I get it, I get it, all right, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I've got acne, I've got you know something on my skin, anything else, all right, jokes over, and or just being real with your friend or your circle because if they don't know that it's it's not coming off because it's coming off playful, right? If they think they're playing with you and you're not saying anything back or giving a grin or a, a, a smile or laughing it off, but not expressing yourself specifically, then they're going to continue to play with you, right? But they don't know that they're hurting you at the same time. Um, and so you want to let them know how it's actually making you feel because uh, to Devin, your point, it's usually once or twice thing, but teasing can be repetitive. Uh, again, in the, like a lot of youth that, you know, again, if it's acting something that's more chronic, that's going to be around or still getting, you know, a variety of things could be there, but the, the, the teasing is uh, and can be again repetitive, but it's letting somebody know that's hurting you, uh, or you know affecting you, or just bothering you, and then that should in itself dismiss it. Um, at, at, you know, at more often than not. Yeah, I agree. I know that there's like oftentimes people have actually come up to me and they've told me, "Oh, actually, I don't." I'll say this. Oftentimes at schools that I've just like, whether it be hearing it through my friends or hearing it at like these certain like different places, I hear like um, people may tease you and they say, oh, uh, they're bullying me, ha ha ha. They're making a joke about bullying, but I don't think they know that this is like a real issue. They may not understand that. When they hear um, like just one like teasing comment, I'll just say like teasing comment, they automatically equate that to bullying and I think we need to really like show the difference like I'm glad that that question was asked we need to show that difference we need to use the behind the screen curriculum so that you all understand um like the difference between bullying and, and teasing what cyberbullying is like again it includes how to really get an understanding there's so many different aspects to bullying I um I could go on for hours and hours dealing with that um, but actually, we do need to wrap things up. Um, if you guys have one more question, I think we can answer it. So make sure to um, put that in the chat quickly. But um, yeah, I just think that um, bullying 
needs to completely stop. But I think that's a given. Bullying needs to completely stop within the world. Cyberbullying needs to not be on the rise when you go on social media. In fact, I remember there was one time I was, this is like in 2019, I think, or something like that. And um, this is actually, yeah, it was just closer to when I first started my organization. And I was on, cause when I went through that, those bullying experiences, it um, like opened my eyes to these other bullying experiences. And so uh, other people going through bullying. And I saw this collage on Instagram of you, like such young children, baby, they, I'm, oh, excuse me, just like such young children who took their own life because of bullying. I think that alone shows you how big of an issue this is. And I just wanted to quickly bring that up because the fact that we can show that on social media and not show positivity or not focus on positivity um, or like focus on like how to understand that bullying is an issue on social media. I think we need to focus on that as opposed to like hurting someone or being negative to someone. I mean, in fact, a part of behind the screen is um, just positive affirmations. There's an activity where like you can, if you guys, you know, are comfortable with putting it on your social media, positive affirmations, like I am enough or I have confidence to really like boost not only other people's energy, but your own. We need that positivity. We need that support. Um, I see someone asked in the comments, will you be doing any more Zooms like this? Of course, these are monthly virtual webinars. We would, got, we would love for you to follow our social media, which I will link in the chat now actually, so that you guys can get um, like, or so that you guys can get updates on what uh, when our next webinars are. Um, again, they are monthly. So I just put my links in the chat, all my social media, my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are all at race to speak up. And so I put that in the chat and I can also put Sandeep's in the chat as well. Um, but yeah, and then also, so now we're at the um, end of this, we want to tell you about the agreement form. So I, um, please, oh wait, <laughs> let me just quickly put Sandeep's um, social media into the chat. Okay, now, please fill out this agreement policy when you complete or when you commit to starting an anti-cyberbullying chapter through hashtag behind the screen. I just put the link in the chat for the Google form. Once filled out, we will send you the curriculum. We want to thank everyone for joining us for our monthly behind the screen, the harms of cyberbullying virtual webinar. Um, follow me again on those social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and also follow Sandeep. I linked everything um, there. His Twitter is at Sandeep Randawa. Just to make sure that you guys stay up to date on everything, you can also Remember to follow Humanity Rising social media, Instagram, Facebook, um, LinkedIn at Humanity Rising, or head over to our website. It's www.humanityrising.org. Um, thank you all for joining us, and we appreciate you being a part of the anti-cyberbullying talk. Please come again. Thanks everyone, had a great time tonight. Thanks Humanity Rising, thanks Devin for creating such an awesome group. Hope to, uh, you know, if there's certain topics, get at Devin and uh, we can continue this and hopefully talk more about bullying. An hour flew by, so hopefully everybody was able to engage and uh, learn something 
or at least absorb something. Uh, but yeah, if you see something, say something. But have a great night otherwise. Have a great night, everyone. Bye.